Kids these days. I'm Rachel Poisky with my good friend Tara here. Hey there. Good to have you back. And we have a guest today who actually knows what she's talking about. I know. We got a professional. I want to welcome (laughs) our counselor in residence here at MDPC, Amanda Grace Caldwell. AG. AG. That's her rap name. (laughs) (laughs) AG. Okay. So, uh, We'd just like to get to know you a little bit since you're here. Tell us a little bit about about you and um, where you went to school. Are you a true Texan? That kind of stuff. Awesome. Uh, true Texan, grew up in Cyprus in the Burbs and went to A&M. And then after A&M, moved to Denver, Colorado, where I went to seminary and studied counseling. Um, and then now I just live over here by the church and... Like to do. So you actually left Colorado weather for I here. I was going to say, I that's a pretty bold move. But yeah. you're that's from here. That's how true of a Texan I am. Wow. Was, yep. it, was it a weird transition to be in the cold after being in Texas your whole life? I kind of loved it. You loved it? Loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you came it's back. Nice. It was hard. So I moved nice. back in August. Ugh. So unpacking like, yeah. the humidity. Have you, like, how have you loved this non-existent winter we've had? <laughs> it's been pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> I like celebrate anytime I can pull out a sweater. Yeah, seriously. For sure. Well, awesome. Well, we are glad to have you here. And, you know, I was thinking maybe you could diagnose some of our quirks. <laughs> yeah, we have problems. So <laughs> what would you say, how would you diagnose, I'm going to give you one of my quirks, okay, AG, and you're going to tell me what my What's problem is. What's wrong with her? Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I hate movies with horses. Like, what? I can't even... You don't like Seabiscuit? No, I cannot <laughs> handle... How can any American human like not like Seabiscuit? It's like nails on a chalkboard. Like, if I turn oh it goodness. on, I, I make my children turn it off. That's how bad See, it is. See, when the animals talk, that's where I'm like, okay. But they're not really moving their mouths. It's just like they're looking... And then the, yeah. there's a voice. Then there's a voice. Yeah, it's like, like God. <laughs> my son hates that. Like he can, he loves animals. Yeah, loves animal movies. But if they don't move their lips, okay, me, we have that in common. It drives him crazy. Drives like he's like, turn it too. off. I can't handle it. They don't move their lips. I'm like, but animals you just don't, don't move their lips. But you're fine with you're fine with like normal animal movies, like, but just not with horses, right? What? I don't know why. What's wrong with her? <laughs> AG, What's tell wrong? us. What's wrong? How long has this persisted, Rachel? <laughs> it's, been, it's been since Black Beauty came out. Oh, wait. I forgot about that movie. Ugh. What's it about again? I know it's a horse. I don't know. I don't watch you it. You don't even... You Wait. It came out and you I never ha- saw it? No. But you have a problem with it? Yes. I've never watched a That's true weird. horse movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what's yours? Give her your yeah, quote. okay. Fine. I think yours is weird. Mine is mine. weirder. <laughs> can't talk okay so this is kind of uh, this is kind of gross people are going to judge me so hardcore out there all you listeners don't judge me fine yeah that's true uh so i have this weird like obsession like i love it to (laughs) to you know you know how like okay i have dogs i have two dogs and they get little crusties in their eyes (laughs) in like the corners of their eyes and i love to pick out the crusties like i just think it's so satisfying to get the crusties out of their eyes like i will sit there and hold their head and just pick the crusties okay, out i can <laughs> diagnose that that's ocd 
And weird just, OCD. I know. It's so weird. My husband makes fun of me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm getting their crusties out. It's Their eyes are going to be clean. He's like, you're the weirdest person ever. She, like she can't even. She doesn't even want to talk about it because like, you're don't. so weird. I'm like hugging myself tighter. I'm like clearly I'm insecure. Like yeah. I think it's a body control language. issue. It's a control uh, issue. Control well, issue. hey, I have control issues, so you know me really well. That's it's great. In. Yeah, it's probably true. Well, there you go. There you go. Let's move on <laughs> yeah. to our word. We of don't the want week. to talk about myself anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Our word for Tara, the week. Word for the week. Our word for the week. Okay, so today Ag is here because she's going to talk to us about some body image stuff and also eating disorders and self-harm and how they're all kind of connected and she's the pro on this stuff so that's why I brought her in so I figured our word for the week could you know be themed with it Mm -hmm. so this one is not a new word like it's not brand new but it's something I didn't know about until last year and I when I heard about it I was like are you kidding this is a real thing but the word is thigh gap Thigh gap. Hey, do you do know what a thigh the gap is? The worst word. Yeah, I do. She does. Do you want to tell us what a thigh gap is since you're here? Yes. So these days it's where a gal might stand and there's basically a gap like all the way between her thighs and girls find such pride in being able to kind of stand there and you can see basically like all the way through between, their leg. Yeah. All the way through their leg. Yeah. Which has gotten to be such a thing. That girls will even like on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like at beach, like when they're at the beach, like in the summer in their bikinis and with their friends, they will even stand like, like pigeon toed, like with their toes pointed at each other. So it, you, when you turn your feet in, it makes your legs like, you know, your hips kind of turn out. And so you're able, it's like some, you can kind of fake a thigh gap. But what's frustrating is not every woman can have a thigh. Like, it's, it might be impossible. Right. Like, it's because, not physically well, yeah, possible you're, for body, certain body types. Anatomically. Right. Yeah. And, like, you might even be in, a like, a very healthy weight and have, like, and your clothes fit all great, and then you still don't have a thigh gap because your hips aren't wide enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, you can't even, like, create that. it. Yeah. yeah. You can't create it. So. But good to know if you yeah, see your daughters so, talking about it or thinking right. about it. Right. And yeah. I might, it might even, you know, be good to even – like ask just because I didn't know about it. And as an adult, it made me even insecure when mm-hmm. I like learned that that was a thing. And I was like, I don't have that. Right. I know. <laughs> so I know. I was like, yeah. oh no, I don't have that. And then I was like, wait a second. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. Yeah. So yeah. No, that can lead good. to kinds of all kinds of insecurities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but speaking of that, let's speaking go ahead and get that, into it. Yeah. So today we're talking with Amanda Grace about eating disorders and self-harming because that's kind of wrapped up in with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know that's it's more of an issue for our teenagers, but I, I know it also trickles down into elementary sure. school. Absolutely. And there's some foundational stuff that we as parents can even do in the preschool years mm-hmm. to kind of um, prevent it or try to, you know, try to prevent Help it. manage Help that. manage yeah. it, yeah. So I guess um, let's just start with Amanda Grace. Tell us, you know, what it. What are some things you want to look for to say, because I'm sure some parents are like, how would I know if this mm-hmm. is going on? Because I even know with, especially with eating disorders, it can be so secretive. Yeah. So what are some warning signs to look for to see 
does this is this going on with my kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say with eating disorders, it is the secretiveness that's kind of one of the first signs. So if your, I mean, kiddo or even teenager starts to say, "Oh, I'm not full, or I'm not hungry anymore. I'm going to stop eating." Uh, maybe they used to eat their entire plate, and all of a sudden they're deciding, like, "I'm going to stop here," or certain foods are deemed like safe or bad. Um, I see that a lot um, with students where it's like carbs. I mean, paleo diet, Whole30, all of these kind of fab right. sort of diets where foods get called good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when your student starts using that language, I think that mm-hmm. can be a warning sign too. So like if sugar, you know, bread, things like that. Um, I think that's a warning sign. Um, secretiveness as far as some students might hide food in their room or you might see them start kind of like hoarding food mm-hmm. or if they come home and maybe their lunch isn't, you know, eaten or half eaten. Um, those are kind of some of the warning signs and to like emotional kind of volatility. And this goes with self-harm as well. Behavior stuff. Yeah, so behavior what are, stuff. What are, give us like what are the different kinds of eating disorders yeah. and self-harming self-harm. behavior? Yeah. Yeah. That's what so like with eating disorders, you have bulimia nervosa, which is basically you binge purge. So you'll eat it a lot and then purge, whether that's, you know, using a laxative or throwing up. You have anorexia, which is just restricting. And so that would be, you know, someone just skipping meals altogether um, or just only eating kind of the bare minimum. And then you have, I mean, activity nervosa, which is basically basically maybe somebody who exercises far more than they intake kind of nutrients. Mm. Um, And so I see that a lot with students um, who are athletes maybe or dancers. Um, That comes out a lot if they're Mm. a ballerina, for instance. And so those are kind of three of the – and you also have binge eating disorder, which is just overeating without the purging. Mm. Um, And so those are folks who might just eat a lot in like a two-hour period, things like that. Are there kids that you would say they're more at risk? You know, if you have a kid that's kind of what? Uh-huh. Because I think that, I, for me as a parent, I think that's helpful. Sure. You know, to say this type of personality type mm-hmm. or the, my kid that struggles with this, I might meet, need to be a little bit more, more on guard. So, totally. Yeah. So what is kind of a profile of a kid? I know mm-hmm. it doesn't fit everybody, but profile of a kid that might fall into some of these Yeah. And this, this profile I'm going to give is actually super similar to the profile for anxiety. Um, and so that can kind of also be a trigger for students is anxiety. So for instance, like for eating disorders, if you have a kiddo who's like a high perfectionist, um, likes control, um, kind of dogmatic thinking, fears getting in trouble, mm-hmm. um, really your high achiever, mm-hmm. um, they might be more at risk for anorexia just because they want everything to be in order. They want everything to kind of be in line. And so when life feels out of control, they might try to control their food. Their food. Gotcha. Um, and so that's for sure like a kiddo. And then with self-harm, if you have a, like a kiddo and you can, I mean, see this even in like young ones, um, if you just have a deep feeler, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I would just be aware of that because if they're not getting their feelings out in a healthy way, and this goes for eating disorders or self-harm, then they might try to turn like that pain or those feelings kind of inward that way. Good. So I have two questions. One, what does self-harming look like? And do you often see eating disorders and self-harming going together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, self-harm can range from, I mean, cutting is pretty rampant these days. But I mean, it doesn't look, I will say cutting has been around for a long time. Like yeah. that was something that even I think some of the parents listening, mm-hmm. that was going on when they were in school. But yeah. it looks different 
it looks different now like what kids how kids yeah. cut and yeah how do yeah. they that's what, different what, how does maybe. it mm-hmm. like one of the ways it looks now is it's almost more glorified and what I mean by that mm-hmm. is with social media for instance I mean I've heard of um, some of my clients will tell me about Instagram accounts that people create um, that are solely for pictures about yep. cutting about self-harm and so there's almost this tribal kind of feeling. And so, and we all know, I mean, our kids just want to belong and want to be a part of a group. And so all of a sudden self-harm Their pain becomes help, your ticket to join yeah. this group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what makes it a little bit more intense these days is it's just more right. in students' faces. You know, self-harm ranges, I mean, people might burn themselves, they might scratch, um, different things like that. And of course, eating disorders can be a form of kind of self-harm, self-harm too. They yeah. sometimes will go together. Mm-hmm. I've seen that some yeah. in middle school, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to ask a quick question because mm-hmm. I think this is important. There, Self-harm is self-harm, yeah. but there are different, I don't know if I would say types, like I don't know the terminology for mm-hmm. it, but where kids cut themselves and yes. how deep and things like that yes. might change what's really going on yep. inside. So would sure. you elaborate on that yeah. maybe a little bit? Um, there's definitely different types of severity. Like I would say a bunch of, you know, kiddos or students that might start self-harming. It is not with a suicidal attempt. And I think mm-hmm. that is important to say. It's like more um, of an intention. It's more of an emotion. intention. You know, um, like for students who might be overwhelmed with a feeling going on, there might be conflict in their family. Mm-hmm. There might be peer issues, those might be reasons they start. Um, They might be asking, who am I? Where do I belong? Um, However, severity, though, you know, when you see, like, cuts on arms and legs and kind of front of the torso, those are the most, I mean, quote-unquote, popular places. Um, However, when you start seeing wrist, then that's more severe because there might be more of an intent to hurt, do harm. Yes, yeah. Do deep harm, yeah. Right. Yeah, because I've seen – Anything ranging from kids who are really struggling maybe mm-hmm. with some suicidal thoughts yep. and they're cutting with some more intense, like, yep. I mm-hmm. guess, things like knives right. and, and the razors. Objects, and, yeah. right. But then I've also – I didn't know about this before I started working with middle school students, mm-hmm. but, you know, even paper clips. Oh, sure. And like Bobby drawing in, yeah. in legs and things like that kind of – and I just didn't even know right. that that was – so mm-hmm. that's just something to, I guess, probably be aware of mm-hmm. parents, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. And students can use, like, bobby pins mm-hmm. or, you know. So how – I'm just thinking if I've got a kid that's self-harming, they're probably really good at covering it up, like uh-huh. eating disorder. So yep. mm-hmm. how do you, as a parent – you know, I think it's always a balance when you get to a teenager um, – how much do you maintain privacy? Mm-hmm. How much do you get in their business? Sure. You know, I've expressed my opinion, like, with media and technology that I don't really think they have much privacy, that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't give much privacy with that mm-hmm. in our family. But, you know, I don't know. I'm just asking, how How are some ways you can kind of mm-hmm. figure it out? Yeah. Um, if your kind of student or your kiddo starts to wear long sleeves, starts to wear kind of more hot. winter clothing when it's hot, that's a sign because they're covering something up. Mm-hmm. If they're just acting secretive, and what I mean by that is, I mean, they get home from school and they're in their room and their door is closed. Um and you can just sense them withdrawing. I think that's a sign that something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely with 
you can tell that they're covering their body in a different way. Um, and you'll see this with eating disorders too. All of a sudden, like they're picking baggier clothing or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Because with eating disorders, you know, it's kind of like distorted thinking that really gets things geared up. Right. And then with self-harm, it tends to be kind of an inability to express emotion or to cope with things. And so you can just kind of judge how they are dressing can be a good depictor too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me, what's some treatment options? If mm-hmm. you where, where do you go if you've kind of said, yeah, I think this is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say first and foremost is like to normalize and not stigmatize with your kids. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is like obviously you care for your child more than anyone else will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're sensing something is going on, just to ask some good questions, um, not to freak out, not to get mad and to yell um, or even force them to finish their food always, um, but just to say like, hey, I've been noticing, you know, this is going on or you don't seem as hungry lately. Like what's going on? Or, yeah. you know, how are your friends at school? Things like that. Um, just kind of open that dialogue. You know, maybe having an open door policy for a little bit if you sense there might be some things going on. Um, As far as kind of further treatment, um, you know, getting them to talk to someone who they trust. Um, It's so important for kids and teenagers to have safe, healthy attachments. And so if that's with you, that's awesome. If that's with a youth leader, a teacher, a mentor, you know, and then greater severity, you know, just going in and talking with a counselor. Um, There's no problem in just having them go in and... Just kind of talk to someone and see what's going on, too. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And I'm not a psychologist, but... <laughs> well, you are married to one, so... I am married to one. That counts for something. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, would you say my feeling is that when some of these things are happening... If I suspected in my child some of these things were happening, I might also ask the question... Um, has there been some abuse that's mm-hmm. gone on? Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I think... If one in three kids, yep. you know, are abused, mm-hmm. and if they're displaying some behavior, I mean, can that not be a part of the equation? And parents at least should ask the question. Oh, definitely. Trauma and abuse are both um, kind of both come out in eating disorders, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, self harm, um, and so sometimes kids, like let's say a kiddo was abused when they were younger, they might not even know why they're acting out. Mm. Um, they might not even know that that memory is coming back up. Um, but it can be a sign that there's there was some kind of abuse or something yeah. traumatic um, yeah. in their childhood for sure. I've seen it shift. I've seen a shift when in kids when like there's conflict in the home yep. or a family divorce, member. Divorce. I think it's a big trigger for uh, sure. You know, family member mm-hmm. death or yeah. something like that right. um, is a big one I know I've seen. Because yeah. so. anytime, I think for, you know, particularly kids and then, I mean, students, they need a safe place and they need, you know, these secure attachments. So anything that rocks that is just going to kind of shake them up and they're not old enough yet to necessarily know how to cope with what yeah. they're experiencing. For sure. Yeah. So, because um, I know we have some parents of littles also listening, and I think this is important. Like, you have to start working mm-hmm. on their healthy body image when they are little. Yes. Yes. And so what are some ways to do that, just to promote yeah. a healthy body image and to kind of raise kids that feel good about themselves? Sure. Mm-hmm. 
you know, kids are so much more aware than we think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what is paramount is just to model healthy living. So, I mean, if you're a mom or a dad and you're talking negatively about your own body image or if you're talking negatively about the way you look or the sizes you're wearing, your kid's going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, calling foods good and bad is not not healthy. So you might have like healthier foods. Um, and so and two, I think like teaching kids moderation and just kind of showing them what it's like to, you know, eat healthy, but have your piece of cake and enjoy that or whatever that looks like in your family. But yeah, I've, I've definitely seen sometimes in my experience working with kids that you don't have some parents that are super restrictive. Yeah. And it almost just makes it then the kids just want it, you know, right. so much more. And then it becomes an issue. I think right. a lot of times parents make dinner time too much of a battleground mm-hmm. when that's really just setting it up for some control issues sure. with the kids. Yep. And you know, for better or worse, but what I've done with my kids is, you know, we have like, we call them sometimes foods, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that's like, that's, that's, a, that's a sometimes food, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, that's a great word for and it. And I don't try to restrict, like, if they're going to a party or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's not the time to be like, don't eat that cake, in my opinion, yep, you know, I like, agree. let them go and do that. And even, well, because my son's on a lot more dietary issues because of his special needs, but even with him, I mm-hmm. don't want to make food. A battle, and so like for us, we don't keep coke around because you know he just can't have a lot of that. But but we're on vacation; you can have coke whenever yeah. you want, sure. you know. And so they know the minute we hit the car for vacation, that's what to look yeah. forward to. Yeah. And, and you're teaching right. like you're teaching them to there's wait. A time and, yeah, for, there's yeah, a time for yeah, and it's partially delayed things. gratification. It's delayed gratification. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But it's like they want to you know hit the gas station two miles out, and we're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Why not? We're all vacation. Because they're like, it's vacation. We can have Coke. I'm like, That's absolutely. Good. But I think, you know, how? I mean, kids have to have fun. And if you start mm-hmm. the battle of food early, yeah. then I think in the teenage years, you might hit some problems, sure. in my opinion. No, so. I agree. And you can teach. I mean, exercise can be fun, like doing family walks or going to the park and riding bikes. And you just want it to make it a positive experience and not, you know, something so shame-based. I think that's what can happen at such a young age. It's like, oh, that was a bad food. I should never eat that. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. And dieting. Like I know for me, like eating disorders is my personal story and it started because I went on a diet with my mom, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I think like that's important is just, um, you know, how you talk about things around your kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is important. Well, I'd just love to hear anything else you'd share like from your own personal mm-hmm. story yeah. and struggle with it or anything else you'd say to parents, this is what I want you to know mm-hmm. in the midst. Yeah, I always like to tell parents that what your kids need the most is your physical and emotional presence. Mm. Um, Because if they are dealing with self-harm, if they are dealing with eating disorders, there's something not right inside. And I think so often parents can get stuck on the behavior. Um, You know, they're worried my kid's not eating dinner, my kid's being too picky. That's another sign is like a kid who's a really picky eater. But there's something else going on probably like 99% of the time. Um, So don't get distracted by the behavior. But just look um, and ask kind of those questions of, um, you know, like, how is school going? Do you feel like you fit in? Do you feel like you found your place? Mm -hmm. Like, how comfortable are you here at home? Is there something you'd like to tell me? Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And with eating disorders, that's like one of my kind of favorite things um, to talk to people about, um, just because I think it's so much beyond 
you know, just body image. It's also a mind game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to really teach your students, um, you know, what we think is what we end up believing. And so what you think about yourself is going to be how you end up acting. Hmm. Um, and so just really talking to students. Um, and that starts with kiddos, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. Like just how you talk about um, your own self and life and um, how you think about things. Um, and so, again, I think it's just more holistic than, you know, people sometimes think. And treating same, the behavior. Treating the behavior, yeah. yeah. And same with self-harm, you know. Teachers' kids healthy coping. I know something helpful uh, my mom said was like, well, yeah, of course, like when I feel sad, I don't always want to eat. And that was such a good way to normalize things and just to say, hey, like it's okay to be sad. Like let's mm-hmm. talk about what you can do with those sad feelings, whether it's keeping a journal, going yeah. on a walk, talking to a friend, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think for parents, share your struggle sometimes. Oh, I yeah. Think as parents, we don't share our struggle enough. And so that sharing your struggle normalizes it for a kid. Sure. You know, like I felt bad And it makes about you myself. look safer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think. Kids parents, are way more likely to come to you. Yeah, their- that's another episode, but <laughs> but I'm gonna write that one down. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tara, she's good. She is she good. Knows, you need like, to come back so here. So much more you, than all we do. the knowledge that like, just she actually pours over. Some, you know, this is a good one. Good. This is probably be one of my favorites. It I might think. Be. Thanks, Ag. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. So happy to have it. you, and uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Kids These Days. See you next time. Bye. Oh, <laughs>